I'm down and dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Today, I am going to go solo for a little bit, and then Matt Penny is going to join us. If you don't know Matt Penny, you got to go follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. He's awesome. He does NBA draft coverage, uh, knows like the grassroots circuits really well, so he's watched all of these guys for a long time and is covering them uh, with Sam Vecini on their podcast, Game Theory. So be sure that you're listening to that as well. If you're a Thunder fan, maybe you should be listening to that because it's really good stuff. So that'll be coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we get there, I wanted to discuss the <laughs> the amazing tank game that happened yesterday in Orlando where the Thunder led in this game and it just... It was maddening because the Thunder are shooting 32% from the field, 27 from three, 66 from the line, even their 12, 18 from the free throw line. You're just like, how in the world are they in this game? And it was because the Magic are shooting 38%, 22 from three. They're just as bad, really, except for Wendell Carter, who was really, really good for them. That He was 12 of 15 from the field, two of three from three. 16 boards, 30 points. He was great. Uh, everybody else stunk. Uh, Wagner stunk last night. Mobamba wasn't any good. Uh, Cole Anthony was horrific. One of the worst Cole Anthony games I've seen. Not that I've seen a ton of Cole Anthony games, but you know he's one of seven. Uh, RJ Hampton, four of seven. Chumo Kiki, two of seven. Uh, Markel Fultz was really bad. Really, really bad. Gary Harris, also horrific for them. And then you look at the OKC side, and you just like question, like, who played well? Like, Lindy played well offensively, four of seven from the field. And then who else, right? It's Baisley, who at least scored the ball, but only had one rebound, one steal. He, he was not impactful on the court. You know, in a lot of ways, but his scoring was good. Six of 11. Uh, should have been the Trey Mann game. He was five of 19. Poku had that highlight pass, which is everybody's seen it on Twitter now. It was cool. It was really cool, which kind of showcases what he can do. However, he was three of 20, one of 10 from three, seven, seven, and five with two steals and two blocks, five turnovers. It was just a, a huge mixed bag, mostly bad, but some cool stuff. He at least had the highlight reel pass. That was really the only thing being passed around uh, in this game after this game was over on Twitter. Um, but you know what? It's all worth it because the Thunder are 20 and 51. They've lost nine in a row. That's the longest losing streak in the NBA. They have the Boston Celtics tonight in town. 
I'll be leaving for that here in just a little bit. And, I mean, I don't see any way they win that game unless SGA plays and they just don't show up, which which is possible. We've seen that happen with teams. Uh, Denver's done it. Denver's done it a lot, actually, not just with OKC. They've done it with a lot of teams. But it's certainly possible. I don't want to act like it's not possible, but it feels unlikely. As did, I mean, Thunder beat them last year in the midst of their, you know, huge slide at the end of the season. But we'll see. The Thunder currently sit one game back of Detroit, and they played Detroit. And that's an incredibly important game. Incredibly important game. Then they play Orlando again Wednesday. Whoo! It's important. It's important that they lose that game. If the Thunder want any chance of moving up in the reverse standings, it's important. Because right now you look at who's behind them. They're four games up on Sacramento. Four and a half up on Indiana. They're not gonna. They're not gonna going to slide that far. They're just not. With all the injuries. The update on Josh was that there's no update on Josh. Uh, there's been no update on Kenrich Williams, on whether he's coming back. I mean, you take a look at the upcoming schedule. The Thunder don't have many games left. Don't Just don't bring them back at this point. you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games. You're going to bring them back for 11 games? Got less than a month of basketball left? And after tonight, it's Orlando, Denver, at Denver in altitude, at Portland on Monday. Very important. Atlanta, and Atlanta's not that good. (laughs) Atlanta's not that good. The Thunder should not beat Atlanta, but it's possible. And then next Friday, April 1st, they have Detroit. And then it's Phoenix. And then... It's like every other game is like an important tank game. They play Portland again. And then Utah, Lakers, Clippers, all on the road to finish the year. So Tuesday, April 5th, which is kind of wild, is the last Thunder home game. And it should be a dogfight because Portland is not joking around. I would be surprised if the Thunder won both or lost both those games or even I'd honestly be surprised if they won either or if they lost either one of them I'm getting winning and losing confused which is what we do (laughs) right now as a tanking team so in a really important stretch now I don't think that there's much that's going to happen in the way of them moving from the fourth spot but it would feel a lot better heading into the lottery if we're at three than at four just because of how far you can fall. And it's it's pretty important. I think you can fall four spots, as many as four spots. So if you're at three, fall as far as seven. If you're at four, you fall as far as eight. Like eight would feel pretty bad. <laughs> so they could do as well as tying, I believe, the second spot, which let's go. Let's get there. Let's just Let's just pack it up. Let's give Lindy Waters every chance to to do his thing, and let's let's pack it up. You know, I, I don't think that they're going to have any trouble losing to teams like Boston and even the Clippers and Phoenix. But man, Portland, Portland, I, I'm not that worried about Detroit for some reason, especially if Shea doesn't play. Detroit's played better. Orlando, 
I had hopes that they would look better than that, especially with a majority of their crew playing. Jalen Suggs is the only one that didn't play, but Suggs hadn't been that good. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting stretch, but the Thunder are in good position. Not the best position, but good enough position for the lottery. And we're in the middle of the NCAA season, or postseason. It's uh, been an interesting tournament so far. We've had several of the guys that will be in the lottery knocked out. And we're going to talk more about that right after this break with our guy, Matt Petty. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys. With me today is my good friend, Matt Penny. He's on the Game Theory Podcast. And just all-around good dude, good draft dude. Matt Penny, what's up? Oh, thank you for having me here, man. I, I'm, I feel like I'm building my... My case here to be on every iteration of a podcast that you have. I have like my my podcast <laughs> you, sandwich card and then like three more stamps, and you got to send me like a sub. You, you have been. I think it's great. I think it's this great. completes it, right? I, it actually might complete the set. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Top Shot. Do I get like some bonus pack? I get awesome. a log back on and get or something now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know what that is, but yeah, no, I don't either. Whatever no. my, it my is, my friends do the Top Shop stuff, and I'm like, I I don't know what you're talking about. It's a series one. It's a new thread. I don't know, man. I had baseball <laughs> cards. I still have a shack that's like in one of those hologram cases upstairs that I hope one day pays off for some bills, some youth sports thing that I'll have to pay for if my son when he gets older. Uh, I've got I've got some sad Top Shot stories that I'm just not even willing to bring up now because it just makes me too <laughs> I'm sorry. I was always trying to dig the star, scar deeper with uh, – I, I don't know if you want the Thunder to win or lose. I, I live and oh, die by your tweets. Like, I definitely want the Thunder uh, good, to lose. Great game. Good L. Now, that's, that, that's what we're aiming for. I, I don't know if he's upset and like looking at his ceiling when the game's over. Like, what are we doing? Oh, no. But I, I, I take that there's some level of happiness there too. I was – especially after yesterday, where these Orlando games have been circling them for a while. And there's another one Wednesday. But you've just, just been like, oh, come on, like do the right thing, Thunder. Like Don't what's play the, Shea. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. What is the right thing? The right here? thing is to sit your guys. Because, I mean, at this point, the Thunder have gone so far into the... I mean, there was an op-ed in the Oklahoma a few years ago about what Sam wanted to do. Yeah. It's very clear what the plan is. It's like, Follow through with the plan. Let's let's get like better than the fourth best odds. Come on, let's go. Yeah, fourth best means more losses, which is great. Yes, that's, that's why I, I can still pop in on pods here and there to talk about draft prospects I watch and may know some stuff about and may not. But luckily, Sam Presti's good at that game and a lot better than I am. Which he, Thunder fans should good. take some solace in. He is good, and he's going to select somebody that we're not even aware that's a person right now it's <laughs> probably what's gonna happen i'm scanning my board like i did not i didn't have him he, he wasn't here but he'll, he'll end up panning out this is actually a good place to start this is from at okc skittles what did you think of josh giddy in the draft process compared to now and what do you think his ceiling is long term it took me a while josh was really an acquired taste for me the first time I watched him. He's in Australia. I, I texted Sam Vecini, who is gracious enough to let me go on the Game Theory podcast on him and talk draft stuff. I said, hey, man, I don't get it. Like, I don't see it. He's he's younger. He's frail. His shot's kind of funky. 
And then you go back and watch more and like some of the passing reads and the decisions he was making in real time. I had him lower. I had him two or three spots lower than where the Thunder took him. I believe I had Franz Wagner ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. He's exceeded what, what I thought he was. I, I didn't think it was this like busty type, what are we doing pick, but more of the belief of how it fits with the other pieces around him. Uh, encouraged by what he showed. You want the shooting to be a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's ever like the number one guy, and I don't think we should fault him for that. I, I look at other big kind of connective guards, and for the Bulls, like Lonzo Ball is the one that has pushed him over the edge in my eyes. The mm-hmm. Celtics, where, where I am, was looking for that type of guy. So for Giddy in Oklahoma City, he's a great piece for everything else they're doing. It, it's made more sense even more so over time. It took me a while to, to get there internationally, and then within the NBA – the adjustment curve wasn't as steep as I thought it would be. And he's done some nice things on the fly. Yeah, he's still not 20 yet. He's incredibly mature, which is definitely not true of even all like the 22 and 23-year-olds on the Thunder team. Yeah, um, and us. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm still yeah, I mean, I'm you, still for, you forget, to too. Like, don't, don't we, we, we don't give these kids, really kids, enough of mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt. Like, they're 20 years old. Like, 20 mm-hmm. years old, I was what? sophomore junior in college i don't know what i was doing let alone like hey man gonna play an nba game like go guard russell westbrook well he's not having a good year yeah but it's still russell westbrook like he's gotta <laughs> go for you he's going for your neck yeah he's going for the jugular mm-hmm. yeah we we would give kids at the movie theater that how they're only 19 like give them a break maybe they didn't pick up all the popcorn well it's fine but when they hit the nba stage it's like you better yeah you better it's, get it's there, different man it is uh daniel p betton wants to know this is a good question how big of a handicap should we give 18-year-old freshmen playing in the tournament? Is it really fair to expect Duran, Jabari, and A.J. Griffin to look as polished as Chet or Paolo? It, it, it is and it isn't. And I, I thought about this last night as I'm watching Miami beat Auburn and yep. knock them out of the tournament. If you really deep dive into that, and college basketball fans I'm, I'm sure know this, Charlie Moore is Miami's starting point guard. He's a six-year senior. He's mm-hmm. on school four. So this guy's 24 years old, and, and you're playing against Jabari Smith Jr., who's 18. You don't want to completely give it a hand wave for Jabari because in a year from now, and less than that, he's going to be NBA. You're not going to say, well, the guy he played was 28. That guy was 31. Eventually, you have to catch up to it. But the tournament, we've seen that it used to be this mantra, like, get old, stay old. And with the extra year of eligibility that the pandemic and the coronavirus allowed all these college guys to have and take advantage of, you're, you're seeing it more. So it's like a 50-50. Like I, I will give those guys a little bit more time based on what they're playing. But similarly, you just have to be able to to win and short you're going to be able to do because the NBA doesn't get any easier and there's not age brackets there. you got to play who's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. But the, the tournament's so tough. I think you tweeted something like this that – just because it's the last thing you saw, like don't make that like your entire impression oh. of who they are. Because I went back on Slam and Jam this past week and looked at like the stars of today and how they performed in the tournament. Like Jalen Brown was looked undraftable in his like, in his only game in the tournament. It, that's a perfect one. I loved Jalen Brown out of high school. I think he's at Wheeler in Georgia. He played for Game Elite and uh, he he was like just an absolute beast and and ripping rims down. It goes to Cal. I'm like I don't. No, nah, I don't see it. And then yeah. the Celtics draft him like this doesn't work. And you know now him and Tatum are the youngest guys to ever do any scoring record that you want. Uh, and and you just with the tournament too. I don't want to say 
casuals because that's such like an NBA like derogatory term, but you have more casual fans that you're just seeing a game or two. So for Jabari Smith, who was two for 15 last game, he's played 35 games yeah. and he has all this high school film. He played in the USAB system. You have all that stuff. So you can't judge a kid because he shot poorly over a, a 25 minute stretch. My, my dad called me after the game and said, and my dad's a huge basketball fan, diehard Celtics fan, had season tickets for 15 years, half season tickets at the old garden. And that's where I learned to love the game. He said, I, I know you do the draft stuff. I, I get it. Chet Holmgren and Paul Bancaro, not there yet. A little bit more seasoning. I'm like, dad, they're going <laughs> one through four. Like yeah. They're not, they're not going back. Uh, and so unless you yeah. watch all the games and see the progression, the good and the bad, you, you want to see them elevate and do better on a bigger stage. If they don't, I'm not like, man, we got to bump them down six, seven spots. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you think of, or what have you thought of Paolo so far? Uh, he's been a lot better, uh, a lot better. I, I, we're, we're very at the nitpicky stage of the draft process because we've seen him so much. He came out like a house of fire. They played Gonzaga. This is in the regular season. Yeah. And I thought he, he, he broke Chet in half. He severely outplayed him. Then he hit this kind of wall, not a freshman wall, but he just wasn't shooting the ball really well, had some hesitancy off ball reversals. As the years played out, he's become a much better passer, which he did a lot more in high school. He handled the ball his senior year as sort of this point forward. Duke's going to him a lot more often that way. There was two passes on ball reversals from three. He just pulled up, smooth, did it. If that shakes and he still has the mid-range stuff, he buys him a little bit more defensively. I get it. I had a, a, I posted that happened like fourth or fifth. I think fifth a week ago, and yeah. I, I'm going to bump him up a spot because Johnny Davis hasn't quite do it. You would have thought that I like personally insulted all of Twitter's <laughs> family because like the the mentions like, hey man, good stuff. Like you watch basketball or no? Because yeah. Paul's best player in draft, you're an idiot. Like, well, <laughs> well maybe. I just at his size, is it closer to Julius Randle than? Jason Tatum. I, I don't think he's Jason Tatum, but I've seen that kind of comp thrown out there. Is he is he Carmelo Anthony? Or yeah. would you take Carmelo Anthony first? So Paulo has sort of rebuilt his case as as the season's gone on. I, I still don't think he gets out of the top four, and that's a really good grouping as well. Yeah. At CL twelve, ask that question about Tatum or Randall. And it's kind of like I don't I mean, I don't know. I, I like it, like you said, his passing has been Something that makes me think that he actually could fit in OKC a little bit yeah. more. Um, honestly, if the Thunder wound up at four and he's the guy who fell to them, I think that you still are really excited about adding him to your team. Even though I, I would rather have, I would rather have any of the other guys, but I would still be excited to get a guy who's as talented as he is. Talented, big and strong. He's Jason Tatum's a superstar. I don't think he's going to be that. Yeah. Wherever Paulo ends up, and I've said this before, he has my despite being what fourth or fifth on my board, which isn't the end of the world. I would still vote for him to be rookie of the year mm-hmm. because he's further along than Chet Holmgren, than Jabari Smith Jr. Depending on fit, Jaden Ivey, where where he kind of goes, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, AJ Griffin. He's the most physically advanced, but his age isn't like that much crazier. Like Keegan Murray is actually two years older than him. And yeah. sometimes when we judge guys under that same microscope, it, it you have to realize like Keegan Murray is doing what he's doing in the Big Ten. What does Paul Mancaro look like in the Big Ten two years from now? Yeah. Like Keegan Murray's leading the nation in scoring. I'd bet Paul Mancaro would be right there too. And they're running every play for him and it's going through him and has the freedom to shoot from three. Maybe his numbers go up from there. His reps go up from there. 
Uh, so yeah, not not Tatum. That's that's fine. But if he's more Julius Randle with some more point forward skills, that's a good guy in the top five. So I've asked this question on a couple different pods that I've been on to my co-host. So I was curious what you thought of it. I'll say that things don't go well. The Thunder falls like seven or eight, and mm. perhaps the two guys the Thunder are trying to choose from. Let's just say it's these two, and you have to pick one of them: Keegan Murray or Jalen Duran. Which one do you go with? Keegan Murray. Okay. You just go with the the skill, the fit, the functional movements. And the, the fun thing with Keegan has been the narrative early in the year. He was leading the nation scoring. It was he gets 35 points against low major guys. Anybody mm-hmm. can do that. They just run up and down. And you get Big Ten play, and he keeps doing it. He keeps scoring 20 points a game. And he wasn't shooting the ball well. It was 32%. But, okay, don't look now. Now, all of a sudden, he's a 40% three-point shooter can guard multiple spots, can play fast, can play slow, can use him at the high post, low post, mid post. That type of guy is just so easily plug and play into any offense that I wouldn't worry about the pieces really around him. Whereas Jalen Duran, big, strong, physical, I'm not counting on him really to make an impact unless it's cleaning up around the rim or or maybe blocking shot from the weak side where Keegan's going to stretch the defense, make some shots, open up those driving lanes for Giddy and those guys to make a difference. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. When I watch Keegan, I can just see him fitting in with the passing that OKC already has. With just the need for a play finisher, they just need somebody that can be out on the perimeter that you feel confident in. Because it's really... Anybody outside of Mike Muscala, I'm like, I don't feel confident in them <laughs> shooting it. And Mike Muscala's only right. played half the year. Yeah, and, and for Keegan, too, his... Uh, Man, the, the beauty of Twitter. His dad actually went to my mentions on Twitter and said, here's the best part. He's a late bloomer, too, and he got better when I stopped coaching him. He's actually a shooting guard, small forward. He's added weight. He's gotten taller later. So if his basketball, best basketball is still ahead of him, that's something to be excited about, too. I, I don't see him as this already fully actualized prospect that's a little bit older. There's still more room for him to grow, too. Yeah. How would you compare him and Jabari Smith? Hmm. Just, just very different. Uh, Jabari Smith uh, by a little bit more with the length, a little bit more of yeah. the shot making. Jabari mm-hmm. Smith, fam- not, I don't say famously, but just last night he he didn't play it well. He was yeah. two for fifteen or something like that. He did have fifteen rebounds. He he worked really hard. He didn't quit and and sulk. I think Jabari ended up taking a lot harder shots because his guards of Katie Johnson and Wendell Green. I'd argue you can have one of those guys. When you have two going a million miles per hour, it's it's difficult to make your impact felt all the time. If Jabari puts it all together, it, it, him and Chet are going to be neck and neck who the, the top prospect is in the draft. Jabari Smith's also way younger. And way younger. two, three years yeah. younger, mm-hmm. uh, younger than Chet, and that's a big kind of argument amongst uh, draft people is that what does Jabari Smith Jr. look like in a year? Yeah, he's a, year, uh, a full year younger than Chet, yeah. And, and it's can he put the ball – on the ground a little bit. Uh, he's probably a better defender than Keegan can switch a little bit uh, mm-hmm. up and down the lineup more than Keegan can go like three to five. If you needed Jabari at the top of the press, he could do that a little bit more. So more well-rounded with versatility, even though Keegan has better production right now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, let's go to our next question here. It's from Michael on sports. How do you evaluate Chet as an offensive player? Can he be the leading scorer on a playoff team how many points do you think he averages in his prime? Ooh. Big projection yes. here, Penny. Y- yes. So 
I think he can get there, though I wouldn't, as a primary guy, I, I wouldn't bank on it, though. Like, yeah. if you have the number one pick, I don't think you say, man, we got the guy we're going to build all the way around. It'll take three to four years to get the Chet that you're hoping he can be. I'd be surprised if he averages less than 15, 16 points per game. And for people that go nuts, I, I also think it'll be like 11, 12 rebounds. I think it'll be three or four blocks. He, he's going to leave his fingerprints all over the place. He's never going to be necessarily your your go-to scorer. But if the, the jumper continues to get better and, and the strength shows he can score more in the post and exploit those mismatches, it's not out of the realm of, realm of possibility that could do more than that too. Uh, at NZ Big Mike says, this is, this is like the only question that I think that anybody should ask you. Is there any Josh Primo sleepers that we should be looking at at around pick 30? Oh, around 30. Let me look. My sleepers have just like, they've in a good sense, they've jumped the shark. I mean, yeah. Malachi Branham was yeah. my sleeper name that is now going to be like a top 12 pick. And <laughs> he just hit it at the right time where yeah. Ohio State's losing yesterday. He's like, oh, I'm going to do the takeover thing. He has 23 points mm-hmm. on, on 10 of 19 shooting. And you, you see the mid-range. You see the pull-up. In that spot, you, you have to be creative. You you would, and there's guys that, that have holes in their game. I like Terquavion Smith from NC State. Scorer, he weighs probably less than Poku right now at 100. They list him at 165 pounds. Ooh. That's gonna take. That's gonna take time. <laughs> uh, I I won't quote on Peyton Watson from UCLA, who yeah. has a hard time getting off the bench, but feels like a presty thing. Draft him, stash him with yep. the with the blue or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and figure that out. I've been a huge Josh Minot fan all year from Memphis. Yeah. I, I don't know why he doesn't play more, but they put him that game in Gonzaga. He, he has a tip dunk. He has a block at the half. And I'm I'm getting the tweets because people know I'm a Josh Minot guy. And I'm like, he, he should be playing more, but it's it's not happening there. Th- those are probably like my, my two to three picks. Or if Blake Wesley from Notre Dame stays in the draft, yeah, I could see a, a scenario where he slides down and a smart team that has multiple first-round picks say, Shut it down. We're going to take you at 30. It's mm-hmm. guaranteed money. We're going to develop you. It's a great organization. We're not going to rush you. And that's the beauty of, of the Thunder. And, and why I think Check could work there too is there's not this timeline where we get 12 months of like we're out of here. There, it's going to be mm-hmm. a patient process. Mm-hmm. What about Caleb Houston? I've, I've kind of lost it a, a little bit on Caleb Houston this season. Uh, he didn't shoot it particularly well in FIBA yeah. over the summertime and, and came in as this rep as a 6'8 floor spacer. The the early actions that Michigan ran for him, he just wasn't able to like come off screens running and doing a million things. And he's become this guy now where if his feet are set, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But he has to hit the first one. And then in his head, he's like, I'm a shooter. I'm good. Yeah. And then after that, he can do a little bit more movement stuff. I just worry about anything off the bounce. I worry about him defensively. I, I would love to see him go back to school and just tighten up some of those places too. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense for him. You mentioned Blake Wesley. Uh, tell people about his game because the Thunder have a they have the 30, what will probably be like 34th pick, and then the 30th pick. Um, he would likely be in that range if he stays in. Tell people about his game. Yeah, so 6'4", combo guard, played a lot of guard, point guard, lead guard during the year. Uh, 6'10 or so wingspan. He wasn't expected to come in and have this one-and-done type of season. He's a, a local kid. He's from South Bend, was like a top 100-ish level recruit. And by ACC play, they shoved him into the starting lineup, and he was scoring and making a difference. He's a great shot creator, can do a lot of stuff off the bounce. 
there was a game later in the year. He had six or seven threes in a game. So he showed you the whole package, but in the tournament, you, you saw why another year could help. He, he, I don't think he hit a three in their three games. The end of regulation against Rutgers, he drives left. He's blocked the rim. Last night was like a similar type of scenario. It, you, you don't have to totally rush this process. If mm-hmm. he goes back to Notre Dame next year, they have a great recruiting class. They have McDonald's All-American coming in, J.J. Starling. Those two would pair well together. I'm, I'm concerned for guys like him. You go too early, sure, you get the first contract. But if you don't fit and, and the thing doesn't work, you're not able to hit your stride that you would getting those reps on a college campus, it, it could be dark. Just go back to school. Try to be Jaden Ivey as a sophomore. Try to be yeah. Johnny Davis as a sophomore. I made that play, play from Malachi Branham, and they averaged like 20 points per game. So he's not going back to school. I, I would be surprised by that. I, I hope they enjoy his time in Columbus. Blake Wesley, go back. Be a star at Notre Dame or, hey, shut it down. Be a star for Oklahoma City. Ooh, baby. Let's do it. Um, at Bazahawk wants to know, he says, I haven't watched much of NCAA basketball, but he caught the Gonzaga-Memphis game yesterday. It's only one game, but Chet looked like the third best player, and Drew mm. Timmy looked comfortably like the best player and a good leader. Where does Timmy project in the draft, and could could a team use the culture that he'd bring? The culture, sure. And I don't know if uh, the question asked her here or you saw that post game they interviewed him and he kind of like sort of censored himself. They said, "Well, what did you say at halftime?" He goes, "Yeah, I saw." That. I told him to get off their butts and go out there and leave everything out. <laughs> on the court it's like okay i get it he pulled them in the second half he was like superman yeah and i'm sitting on i'm in my living room right now but i'm sitting behind me on the couch just being like i I don't know if he's ever gonna miss again yeah offensively once he got going and jalen dern was out of the game and he got like the second backup big on him forget about it and he has a soft touch but the problem with drew timmy is the shooting i think he's hit eight three-pointers all year of course he hit one last game so people say hey he can shoot uh, the foot speed defensively, when they pull him out into ball screen stuff, pick and roll, Baylor famously exploited him in the national championship game last year. So Gonzaga switches up their coverage, and it helps for him with Gonzaga. If he does that, they have Chet Holmgren, who's one of the best shot bars in the country, playing behind him. I, I just worry about how he does defensively in space. I, I have him outside. I only go up to 60 picks. I have him outside my top 60. He's 100%. A summer league guy. I expect yeah. him to at least dabble with the training camp, and and who knows? I mean, he he's built this case as, as being not only a culture guy, but a great basketball player. Just sometimes the the NBA is a, a stiff jump, and worst case, the kid's going to make a ton of money playing basketball somewhere before it's all said and done. Yeah, he is sixty seventh on Vicini's latest uh, big board. That's probably about right. It's just hard. I mean, if this was. 20 years ago he probably plays in the league but yeah he probably gets drafted like 18 and he, yeah. he plays for the clippers for 10 years and, and has mm-hmm. a good career the game has changed you see more of the mark williams walker kessler christian coloco that style of of run and jump seven foot long rim protecting bigs that maybe have a little bit of touch from the field if you're lucky mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it's different we had similar arguments last year about luca garza from iowa yeah Who's who's played a little bit, right? He's played a little bit yeah. from the Pistons. He, yeah. He's had some moments, but not. It just the the impact thing is is different when you're you're going up a level. Yeah, it's a, it's a great example because he's like a monster at the NCAA level, and then Garza gets to the league, and it's like, oh, 
well, like all of your impact is mitigated by every one of your weaknesses. Like he just has the wrong weaknesses. That's a great way of putting it. And and I what I have to get better at is I have to mute my um, notifications during summer league. <laughs> I'm going to try my best not to watch summer league this year because the the conclusions that come out of there were oh, the draft was man. all wrong. These guys are way better in the second round. This guy's a scorer you missed, yeah. and you look you look in when the season starts and when teams aren't necessarily tanking that these picks that we said everybody's wrong on, they don't play. They play seven, eight, ten minutes because you yep. still have to impact winning basketball too, not just basketball. Yeah. Summer league is not real. However, it's very fun. And you should come oh, it's, you, it's you should awesome. come to Vegas and hang out because it's gonna I, be a great I, I was time. so close last year, but I'm, I'm debating a, a couple days. I am. Oh, it'd be so fun. Uh at Panicked Waddle. Uh, if you're Sam Presti and the Thunder have pick three with Chet yeah. and Jabari already taken, who are you going to take? Apollo, Ivy, someone else? Jaden Ivy. And I know I know the guard thing, it, it doesn't make sense with who you have. Uh, he's too talented to pass on. Yeah. And, and I don't know if the positional overlap wasn't as crazy with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant and, and James Harden. But it's mm-hmm. like, just get the best player. You're not at a, a place right now you can pass on. Yeah. A guy like that and the I was texting with a, a college coach last night after I, I tweeted that primary option Jaden Ivey is uh is something I want to watch and, and see more because Purdue is a fantastic team if they play generally inside out they play through Zach Eady who's seven foot four yep play through Travion Williams who's six foot ten and then Eady will cut I'm sorry then um Ivy will cut through here's a double screen comes out they kind of scrapped it late in the game and said, we need buckets. Mm-hmm. So it was like an ISO at the top. He cooked his man, stepped back, hit a three, went to the rim. There's so much more that that he has. And the way he plays in the open court and transition, I'll take that guy and we'll, we'll figure out positionally after that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like you could – guards that can do that are just a much more of a premium in the league. And, yeah, the fit's not great, but you bring Dort off the bench and you play – SGA, Giddy, and Ivy, and you just let them try to figure it out. Honestly, and I've been kind of beating this drum over the last few weeks, is when you're a 20-win team at the end of March, fit is not your problem. (laughs) Talent is your problem. Right. And if Jaden Ivy is the best player, if he's like head and shoulders over a guy like Paula, maybe he's not head and shoulders, but you think he's better, Take the better guy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like if care. you go to some some rest stop, right, and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're starving. Like, ah, I kind of want to eat healthy. You don't have a choice. <laughs> you're starving. Like, just get, get the Reese's, man. Like, it's fine. Get the Doritos. We'll burn it off later. But you got to eat. You, you got to do something. You can't say, hey, I'm going to drive. You're in the middle of the desert. It might not be for like 100 more miles. Get something to eat. Fill yeah. your car. Relax. Have you heard anything else about Shaden Sharp at this juncture? No, nothing new. It It, it really depends on who you speak to there there's people that are adamant he's going back to kentucky there's people that are adamant that he's staying in the draft yeah. the more nba people i talk to i've yet to find somebody in the actual nba circles who says he's going back to lexington so i'm i'm working under the assumption that he's going to stay in the draft yeah and it, it just would honestly make no sense to me if he didn't because it's the draft class in 23 is 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 going to be way more difficult you just have to be so confident that he's going to be awesome, like that he's just going to absolutely destroy the NCAA. And the way that they've talked to Kentucky, it doesn't make me feel like he's going to come in and just crush everything. So 
I mean, you might as well just be the mystery man and go fifth, sixth, or seventh yeah, in this draft. I, I was hoping there was going to be a point where John Calipari looked on the bench and said, all right, we're doing it. Sub it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. And like, yeah, maybe he doesn't have his, his shorts or jersey on, like those blueprints sick. Ah, crap. Um, because they, <laughs> they needed it like they did. Those yeah. Kentucky guards struggled, and it was a, a weird, funky pairing of Severe Wheeler, who's who's five foot eight, five foot nine, kind of goes crazy. Ty Ty Washington, who's kind of a late lottery ish type guy that yeah. doesn't have the burst. And then Kellen Grady, the Davidson transfer, is an unbelievable shooter, but he needs somebody to set the table. So the pairing didn't really mesh as well as it should have. If you had an athletic wing who's putting pressure on the rim every time he touches the ball, maybe it opened up everything else for for everyone there. But we don't get to see it in, in NBA teams. I know that they don't love the idea of just basing their evaluation off tape and high school games. The kid played high school games in November of this year as a postgrad, and then he's mm-hmm. going to play an NBA game less than a calendar year later. That's you got you got to trust your evil eyes with those ones. Yeah, uh, AJ Griffin's actually is younger than Shaden Sharp. Was just a like a draft fun fact. Um, but how would you rank? Or how do you rank AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, and Johnny Davis? Well, hey, Paul, that's a that's a great one. So currently, I have and I, and I just flipped this, but of that list, my current up to the minute board here, I have Johnny Davis sixth, I have AJ Griffin eighth, and Shaden Sharp ninth. Okay. And when you look below, for me anyway, there's not like a ton of guys like knocking on the door that's going to push them too far out of that range. Yeah. Interviews physicals, medicals, that could change everything. I don't have any intel on any of those guys. I'm not like trying to lay breadcrumbs here, but that's a, a big part in the decision-making process. But like below that, the tier is sort of Dyson Daniels, play for G League Ignite. Personally for me, Jalen Duran for, for Memphis, Jeremy Sohan for, for Baylor, yeah. Malachi Branham for Ohio State, Oshai Baji. So I, I could see a team selling themselves on, on Branham. I just don't know how many of those guys – would jump shade sharp that he would look up and be in the green room and be like, Hey man, it's the 18th pick. Why haven't I gone? I, yeah. I'd be confident that he'd be drafting a lottery. Even if it doesn't work just because you don't want to miss on a six, six wing, great flame frame, explosive can make some shots developing from three. There's, there's a lot of things to like for an NBA wing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's this draft is so fascinating because I've, I've talked to a bunch of people that cover it and Everybody's got the same guys, like in like the top like eleven or so. But it's just like they're just scrambled up, like it's almost a lottery in itself, in some ways. And how people choose, it's just everybody's got kind of their own flavor for each one of these guys. And it's just interesting because like Vicini's got almost yours flip flopped, where he's got Johnny Davis at nine, he's got Shaden Sharp at five. Um, make your Johnny Davis case. My Johnny Davis case, he he made such a leap from his freshman to sophomore year as a, a scorer. And for people who just watched these last few games, like, that guy's crazy. He was forcing his run all, running all over the court. He's playing on a bum ankle. And he, he won't say it, and it's not going to be a reported story, so he didn't want to make it be a thing. He was not 100%. Hmm. The, the game against Colgate in the first round, they're losing late. And the first half, he'd come off ball screens and just, like, settle. Like, oh, I'll shoot from three. I'll do this. It became winning time. He took the ball. He got to the rim. He got to the free throw line. He got out in transition. He is a winner. 
but I buy sort of the mid-range shot creation. I like the form that he has from three. He was the Maui Invitational MVP. The Wisconsin team didn't have a ton of other guys taking the offensive load off of him, so he was seeing double teams. He was face-guarded last night uh, in, in the loss that they had there. His best basketball, too, is, is ahead of him. I love the improvements he's made. He's a worker. He just fits the NBA combo-ish type mold of can he become an impact guy scorer where it's not always the flashiest, but he is productive. So that's why there's a time where I had him and Jaden Ivey kind of flip-flopping back and forth. Mm -hmm. I've subscribed to the Jaden Ivey long-term thing. It is going to be better. I I, I think now my prediction is he's going to go lower than I have him. I think he'll probably go somewhere in the – call it six to I think six is high end like 10 range Mm -hmm. and we're going to look back in a few years and say should have gone fourth or or, or should have gone fifth tenth was too low Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll make this our last question Thunder CPA PLZ how do you rank potential versus actual talent when working on the draft to make sure that we are on the same page how much does current offensive and defensive production matter compared to the future potential of a draft pick it's always a balance and it's always level of competition. I take age and consideration, not as much as other guys do, but it's sort of how they're getting their points too. Like EJ Liddell is a good case of EJ will probably go in the top 25 or so. But if you watch a game against say Minnesota where they have smaller bigs and he's just beasting through them, despite being six, seven, six, eight, that doesn't really like necessarily appeal to me that he scores 20 points there. I like it more when, He's stretching out the defense against the the bigger, taller centers in the Big Ten, hitting shots and, and being productive that way because that's like the translation. So what's the translation between their game now and what it could look like in a year or five years in the NBA? But uh, we're, look, no one's ever really gotten it right. Sometimes the leading scorer in college basketball ends up being just as good in the NBA, and a lot of times they're whatever. They're Luka Gossard. They're draft 52nd. So it's... Inexact, and we're, we're adjusting as we go, just as these players are, too. Yeah, it's difficult because a lot of times you just look at like the physical tools that these guys have, and you know that as young as some of them are, that they're going to eventually get better. The question is, like, how much better? Right. Like, like Giannis is just like the ultimate case of he has all the tools, but can he put it all together? And like right now, Poku's. He's not like the complete other side of that, but he kind of is where he's got all these tools and you're just, you only see like these little tiny flashes here and there. Uh, It keeps intrigued. I saw that behind the back pass on the break the other day. It was nice. As soon as you want to catch the ticket, you're at the window. You're like, I'm going to keep that actually. We'll we'll, we'll see what that looks like. And I I caution people on, on Chet too. Like if you want immediacy, Chet Holmgren is not for you. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. If you want immediacy, draft Paolo Bancaro number one. That's fine. Yeah. He's going to be very solid. If you're willing to hold on to that ticket, then then take Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Take Jabari Smith Jr. Take Jaden Ivey. Even take A.J. Griffin, who who has yeah. a chance. Sure. But but they're they're not there yet. They're not. Paolo's the closest, and he'll he'll still improve too, but he he's the guy from day one who I expect to have an impact. Yeah, and that's why I think Chet and the Thunder are just like a match made in heaven. Because the Thunder aren't ready. Like next year, I, I have a lot of people thinking that the Thunder are going to be ready next year. They're going to be ready to at least try to make the play in. I'm like, well, what, I don't what do think they so, do guys. that with all the picks? It, it's great draft capital to have, as they mm-hmm. would call it. But at one point, because I was looking, you, you tagged me on the, the post you had, and I, I appreciate all the, the questions that we've answered here. But somebody said, 
well, if you took Chet first, what center are you taking 30th? And I'm like, all right, probably Christian Coloco from Arizona. But then yeah. you're like, well, wait a minute. So you're going to have those two guys. You're going to have Giddy and uh, Trey Mann from the draft before. Mm-hmm. Have Jeremiah Robinson or Earl. Next year, you get two more picks. At what point for you, as sort of a fan, are you like, enough of the picks. Let's piece them together. Let's get a veteran. Let's get someone who's a little bit more experienced as opposed to like keep doing the youth movement. I don't think it's next year, but like what's sort of your barometer of when to pull that? Yeah, it feels like the summer of 23 is the time to figure po- out. Po- post-draft, of course. Post-draft. Because right? we, we, we want Scoot Henderson. We want oh, Victor Wambayama, But That's that's where I'm just like, guys, like, just wait until we get to <laughs> November of next year and we're looking at draft prospects and it's like, oh, whoa. Like we... We don't want to miss this one. Like, we don't want yeah. to miss out on, it, it, on this it class. Se- it seems like it's that every year, but I will co-sign and say 23, I, I'd wait on. The, the next class, the current high school class of seniors, I'm not as as high on. I'm not sure of the, the international stuff, but the yeah. 23 could, could be really, really good at the top. Yeah, I think I think they want to be in on that one. And then also the new CBA will be signed and ratified the summer of 23 as well. And the Thunder, trust me, and if you're a Thunder fan, like you don't want to see them get screwed by the CBA again with trying to make a move this coming summer to try to get better. Eventually, those picks are going to be used to go get other guys. That's right. just the way it's going to be. You're, they'll even package some of the guys that you love today with picks to go get somebody. That will happen. That will absolutely happen. I don't know that Trey Mann is going to be a Thunder player forever. You know, As much as everybody loves him, I don't know that he will be. I think that he could be a guy that you package picks with to go get somebody. That's going to happen. You can't. You just can't possibly use all the picks. They just have way too many. And eventually they're just going to be used as the Thunder's currency to fill roster spots with guys that are ready. That's those, just, are like the, those are like the Thunder's like shroot bucks. Like, here you go. Exactly. You got, you got two picks and a 6-4 <laughs> swingman. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, Matt Penny, we got to let you go. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Go follow Matt on Twitter at Matt underscore Penny, P-E-N-N-I-E. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me, man. It was awesome. Love being here.